Welcome back, everybody, to the Wagme Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Colin Greeny, joined by Nick Musto. Nick, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. What a Monday night game. We saw the Ravens absolutely destroy the Saints. Did you see that last touchdown by the Saints, by Juwan Johnson? They just let him in. Yeah, I, I think they thought he, like, stepped out or something. Like, it. I, the only time I've ever seen that happen before was Le'Veon Bell in, like, 2015. It Like, the same thing happened against the Bengals, and I... It's yeah, I don't know how <laughs> you, you know. Possibly. Do you know what the over under? Okay, so the over under was 46 and a half. So what it what it finished as 2013, 27 13, 27 13. So that wasn't impacted, but I was wondering, like, that would be a bad beat if that that cover that had a backhand cover there for the I'm over. over right now. I'm curious now that you say that. I saw 46 and a half was what I pulled up. Um, but no, yeah. uh, Kenyon Drake, he looked pretty good. Yeah. Two touchdowns. Can't complain about that. Um, if you pivoted to Isaiah likely with the Mark Andrews absence, like I did in one league, um, it paid dividends, but only slightly one catch for 24 yards, but it was a touchdown. He led the Ravens it, receiving room in receiving yards. <laughs> yeah, 20- it was, it was an ugly game for offenses. Uh, Let's see, Baltimore, I saw Andy Dalton had a horrendous turnover to Justin Houston to pretty much end that game. But back to Isaiah Likely, are you, like, confident going forward if Mark Andrews is going to miss time? Are you confident starting him again? I think the tight end is super important in this offense, and Isaiah Likely is a really good prospect out of Coastal Carolina. So um, if – if Andrews plays, you're not playing likely, but as long as Andrews is out, you're starting likely, I think. And I think you're starting him with pretty good upside compared to most streaming tight ends. You're definitely picking him over like the Evan Ingrams of the world. Um, yeah. I mean, he still finished as a tight end nine this week, reeling in only one of five yeah, targets. It was, yeah. The only had, but Lamar was not good. Like it was just a bad game for the Saints offensively. They rode Kenyon Drake, really. That's, that's how they won the game. Yep. Uh, let's see. This is a big week for us. We play each other in our Wag Me Warzone League. So at the end, we'll get into the shit talking. We'll we'll keep it clean for now. Um, all I'm saying is I got my guys back. You know, a couple of your guys might be questionable and missing. And, yeah, you know, Josh Allen, Aaron Jones. You think your team is like invincible and on paper it looks like that. But we'll see. My guys are going to scrap and we'll see. Uh, firstly, we had a new winning with Wagme episode release this morning, or should I say newsletter? Um, you can subscribe to that at wagmefantasy.com. It has all the tools each week to get you prepared and separate yourself from your opponent. Also, you can connect with us on our socials at Wagme Fantasy, YouTube, uh, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and Facebook and TikTok are our main. Uh, platform so please connect with us again at wag me fantasy now we're in the double digit weeks of the season and what seemed like just a great amount of hope two months ago is already like gone by us half the season's gone thanksgiving's coming up it's bittersweet to say the least this is the this is the best part of football season these next couple weeks before playoffs um Teams become playoff teams and and they don't like this is this is where money's made. Um, 
it feels like it's football season too with the fall weather the cold i love a snow game i can't wait for those games in lambo um <clears throat> i'm really looking forward to this season but yeah it is bittersweet we're we're over halfway nonetheless there's still nine weeks to go uh so there's plenty of football and uh, i'm excited for the playoffs the the real playoffs and not even the fantasy playoffs but the real playoffs because it's just an interesting year. I mean, you see every team's beatable except for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but even them, I feel like they are they have a target on their back. There's a lot of teams very capable of knocking them off. Yeah, um, I'm actually curious to see who they play this week. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but every team's gunning for them. Um, you ready get, to do it? They get the Commanders Monday night. Oh, okay. Division chalk that up as an easy win their schedule is just a bunch of pushovers i don't know Div- divisional games are never gimmies like they could put up a f- i mean we almost the, the commanders almost beat the seven and one vikings this week right yeah. philadelphia beat them pretty convincingly earlier yeah. this year um but fun fact i listed terry mclaurin as a sit this week um wait is he in the show notes no he's not so i can mention this so terry mclaurin is the only wide receiver to get 100 receiving yards against the Philadelphia Eagles this hmm. year. I thought that was pretty impressive for someone that we hate on a lot here. Yeah, not a fan of scary Terry, but he has a connection with um Taylor Heineke, so it will be interesting to see what he can do this week. All right, let's get into it. Your buzz players. This was a great segment in last week's episode. I really enjoyed it. Let's hit it again. Who's high, who's low following week nine? All right, we'll start with the guy who's got a lot of positive buzz right now. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, the 25-year-old wide receiver addition to the Kansas City Chiefs, seems to have a growing and very useful fantasy role in the Chiefs offense. Um, He's only had three weeks below 9.6 points, and the last three weeks have been fantastic, of two above 20. And then this most recent week against Tennessee didn't break 20 points, but he didn't have a touchdown, yet he still had 10 catches for 88 yards. Um, The volume is the best thing about this. We were waiting for one receiver to really break through with the most volume in this offense, and I think it's pretty clear that it's Juju right now. Wide receiver 19 on the season in PPR formats. I I have a question here. Is Juju a top 15 receiver rest of the season? And I think that he is just based on the volume and the offense. So, like, I don't know. I've always been a Juju hater. Um, I, I'll admit, I he's I'm just not a big fan of him. Uh, he, he rubbed me the wrong way for Pittsburgh. And I'm still, like, not fully convinced that he's actually an elite wide receiver. However, I will say he has the best quarterback in the league throwing to him. And all but two games this year, he's had eight-plus targets. So the volume does warrant top 15 wide receiver consideration. Um, I'm right on the fence here. I think he's a solid wide receiver too, but I also look at how deep Kansas City's wide receiver room is. They just added Kadarius Toney. They have MVS and McCole Hardman as well. Um, I'm, I, I'm going to say no, he's not a top 15 wide receiver. I would say definitely top 25, maybe top 20, but 15 is where I draw the line. 
However, over his last three weeks, he's been phenomenal. 18 plus in all three games. Yeah, he's been fantastic. I just think scoring 18 points without a touchdown on top of three great weeks is something to look forward to. Um, Juju's the kind of receiver that they he's used like a Debo and like a cup. Like he's used across the middle on short routes and they let him yak. Like he's a thick body receiver. He's one of those guys that doesn't make the contested catches, but gets his money off of yak, which is awesome because those guys typically end up with more receptions because they're targeted in shorter yard gains. So that's what I like about Juju, but he he has the fifth most yards after catch this year um, to further validate your point. I'm going to change my answer. I'm, I'm done being skeptical. Juju is a top 15 wide receiver to close out the year. I love it. I love it. Traded him away, but I still love it. Um, next guy with a lot of positive buzz right now, Tyler Lockett. He's the wide receiver nine. And just based on his ADP, you are very happy with your draft pick. I probably would have laughed at you um, nine weeks ago when we were drafting. But nowadays, you're laughing at me. He's only had two games under double-digit points this season in PPR. So what's what's the question here? Yeah. Is Tyler Lockett a top 10 wide receiver for the rest of the season? He is one right now. I'm going to say no. He has yet to hit his bye. So, you know, once it's a level play field, he's probably going to sit on the cusp. He's right now wide receiver nine in PPR. Um, six most receptions in the league with 51 currently about you know a, a week of zero knocks him back a couple points so he'll be back around 12 13 when we're all on a level playground and everybody's through their bye um see i don't think he's a top 10 wide receiver just because he has dk to compete with dk's been a little banged up recently and we'll see how well Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks are throwing and passing when we get into the cold winter um, in Seattle. I feel like they're going to really lean on their rookie running back, uh, Kenneth Walker. I feel like their line and their rushing game has been too prominent to uh, not lean on heavily when it gets to those elements. Yeah, I think Kenneth Walker is the offense here. um, And I think more games will come for Tyler Lockett to explode in. He's always been the kind of guy that can just win you a week. And I think he still is with Geno Smith. Um, I would prefer to have Tyler Lockett over DK Metcalf in this offense, but I'm going to fade top 10 wide receiver. He's finished as a top 10 wide receiver twice in his career and top 15 twice or four times. Um, Each of the last four years. Yeah. He's been top 15 each of the last four years. It is definitely in the realm of possibility um, for him to finish top 10, probably top 15, but I'm going to fade top 10 for now just because I think that DK will have his games, Lockett will have his games. I think Lockett offers a little more consistency, DK more touchdown upside, um, but Ken Walker is the difference maker here, keeping him out of top 10, I think. We're on the same page then. Yep. Um my last guy with a lot of positive buzz is Justin Fields, a name I'm sure you'd love to talk about. Hold on. I just want to interject. Screw you, man. You told me last minute to sit Justin Fields for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I trust you with my life, so I did that, and it ended me up costing me my week. Um, I, I am sorry for that. I am very sorry. Thank you. I, I needed a public. Choice. 
How can you bench Aaron Rodgers against Detroit ever? Justin Fields be running for 178 rushing yards out here, you know? I did not see that coming, but yeah, it was it was a nobody saw it. Nobody saw that coming. I'm more impressed with the three (laughs) passing touchdowns. Um that that like I don't think he's ever done that in his career. Uh let's just check last year. Yeah, he definitely doubt that. Yeah. What what is your question with him? Sure. Um so he's got a good two weeks coming up, Detroit and Atlanta. Um, but I'm looking forward with Fields because now, like, we're in week 10. I think it's safe to say it's time to start considering playoff matchups um, in guys that you're rostering and trading for as most trade lines are either done or looming ahead. Um, is Fields startable for those matchups, um, Philly and Buffalo in – playoffs he also has Detroit in week 17 but in week 15 and 16 it's Philly and Buffalo I personally think that you should not plan to be starting fields in the fantasy playoffs personally I believe Justin Fields is matchup less he's matchup free at this point uh his rushing upside every game since week three he's had 47 plus rushing yards he's had a rushing touchdown in each of the last three weeks um Last two weeks, he has five passing touchdowns to nil. He's he's really progressed through the year, and it truthfully reflects over his fantasy outings. 43 this past week. Uh, that's an outlier, of course, but he had 26 a week before, 23 and a half, 18 and a half, 17. Those are quality numbers against some pretty good defenses. I mean, he did it against Dallas Cowboys at Dallas um, in week eight. Uh, New England's no pushover as well. Uh, I think Justin Fields with his rushing upside and his passing production, I mean, it's not like he's going to throw for 250 yards against any defense, really, but combine his rushing upside with just enough through the air, and I think he's a week-in, week-out starter for the rest of the year. He's only had over 200 yards once this game, or this season, uh, passing yards which is concerning. So he needs that rushing baseline. Um, You're hoping for a touchdown. Um, I see the Claypool addition does make me want to take fields as a starter in those in, in playoffs this year, because I think that somewhat of a rapport will be built up and Claypool is the best receiver on that team. Now Um, I will say that he's better than Darnell Mooney. And I think that once Claypool is integrated into the system fully, he'll benefit Justin Fields very much, uh, be able to win a lot of those contested balls. Um, I'm going to take it. I'm going to I'm going to say, yeah, he, he's startable against Philly and Buffalo in those weeks. You have to add in Green Bay, too. That's another difficult matchup. But again, mm-hmm. it's not it's not like Justin Fields is throwing for 250 yards and two, three touchdowns. Um, I I feel like his the majority of his production is on the ground. And you're going to get that from him. That's not going to be phased out regardless of who they're playing. All right. So a guy with some negative buzz right now, a lot of it, Jonathan Taylor, coaching change, most leagues, number one pick. It's been a letdown through nine weeks. He's only scored above 15 points twice. Is he a buy low candidate? Does he finish as a top 10 running back? I just saw the most disgusting trade uh, done today in one of my super flex redraft leagues someone gave up jonathan taylor and matt stafford for justin fields 
I mean, you got both ends of the spectrum, the sell high with Justin Fields and the buy low with Jonathan Taylor. I don't know what to think about it. All I know is JT's been a disappointment. His ankle injury is recurring. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, he was deemed out pretty early last week. I mean, he, the the vernacular used to describe his injury is just an ankle sprain that won't fully heal. And so he can get out there for a week, but he could easily re-injure it again. And so I just... I don't really want him, I don't want him on my team and I'm not willing to overpay for him right now, especially with everything moving around him. Yeah, I don't know if I overpaid. I think I sent Cortland Sutton and DJ Moore for Jonathan Taylor in a league uh, last week. It all uh, depends what you need. If you need a running yeah. back, can't blame you. My RB2 was Gus Edwards. Anyways, um, <clears throat> I I do think that he's a buy low, but it depends on like it still depends on how much you give up. I don't expect him to finish as a top ten running back, even like points per game or like. So if I say my question is, does he finish as a top ten running back from here on out? Not ignore the beginning of the season. What do you think? No, I'm still I I can envision him missing another game down the stretch to finish a year. And I, he hasn't been that efficient this year. Uh, you look at 4.3 yards per carry. He had five and a half last year and five his, his rookie year. And he only has one trip to the end zone. I am not convinced that Jonathan Taylor is an RB1 the rest of the year. I agree, but I think he's a very good RB2 to have. Um, I think he will get healthy, at least healthier um, for, to finish the season. All right, I'm going to move on to my next guy, Gabe Davis. Um, he's showing us that he's not reliable. Um, I've been considering benching him in one league that I am an owner of Gabe Davis. Um, I only want to play him when I'm in a pinch in a bye week when I need a flex or maybe even a wide receiver too if need be. Um, he's a, I think he's a boomer bust option at flex this point. What do you think? Um, at Jeez. I think he's a boomer bust option this point at flex. Um, do you think he's a buy or sell? What can you do? I'm so done with him. Uh, I'm glad that I traded him away from both of my main leagues. I'm just tired of him, really. Uh, he, yes, he's averaging 25 yards per catch. Yes, he leads the league with 17 yards of distance per target. Um, but frankly... He's averaging less than three catches a game. And how can you rely on that fantasy output? You are banking on a, a performance like the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, where he had the 99-yard touchdown and then the, what, 60-yard bomb as well. You're just you're counting on a trip to the end zone when that's not how I like to play fantasy football. I like guys who are going to get five-plus receptions a game in my lineup. Uh, more opportunities to put up points. Yes, it's nice that he's a vertical threat, but look, he hasn't caught more than four balls in a game yet this year. Let's just read off two, two, three, three, one, three, four. Like I, I can't count on that. Yeah, he's average. He's on pace for forty-three receptions this season. Um, I'm selling him for whatever I can sell him for at this point. I, I would deal with the boom bust i would rather have like 
Darnell or, or yeah. so, someone that is probably a lesser caliber receiver than Gabe Davis, but has a much higher opportunity share. I agree. Um, last guy here with negative buzz right now, DJ Moore. Baker is back. Woohoo. Um, DJ Moore has been terrible with Baker Mayfield this season. Um, he doesn't like to throw to him. And all of Moore's recent production that hyped him up was with PJ Walker. Um, now that Mayfield's a starter again, does his stock drop back down to where it was? Well, I'm pretty sure Carolina announced that PJ Walker will be the starter. Oh, really? This, this week. I'm fairly certain um, that whoever the interim coach came out and is going to keep him as a starter. And yes, he is. He will start Thursday against Atlanta. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm not like getting in my own head about Baker Mayfield being in. Oh, well, if Baker plays and DJ Moore is worthless. I feel like it was just a terrible game for Carolina. Um, they got they got the breaks beaten off of them, quite frankly. And looking at his schedule ahead, he has Atlanta. He has Baltimore these next two weeks. Both are terrible defenses. Later, he has Seattle, Pittsburgh, Detroit, um, three consecutive weeks during your playoffs. I'm not worried about DJ Moore. Um, I think I'm still going to be putting him in my lineup pretty much every week, even though he's been very inconsistent this year. I think if Baker Mayfield is the quarterback at any point this season, he's not startable. That's that's um, a fair assessment. Yeah. All right. All that right. is it for my buzz players. It's week 10. You do our starts every week for our, our stardom sit-ems. I do the sits. So give me a start at quarterback, and then I'll follow that up with a sit of my own. Yeah, Dak Prescott against Green Bay. It's not the best matchup. However, Green Bay's defense is hurting right now. Um, Rashawn Gary out, big piece. Um, Dak will have more time to throw the ball. Hopefully things will be more open with this defense as injured as it is. Um, I think Dak has a very good game. We saw him have a great game against the Bears in his second week back from injury. Um, I think he's a fantastic start this week. My sit of the week is in the same division somewhat. Uh, both involve NFC North teams. That's Kirk Cousins. He's visiting the Buffalo Bills, who have more interceptions than passing touchdowns allowed. Um, 11 interceptions on the year, only eight allowed, uh, eight touchdowns allowed, that is, through the air. And Cousins is just quite terrible on the road, going to be blunt with you. He's had his four worst fantasy performances on the year on the road, and he's posting a six to five touchdown to interception ratio in those games. Not exactly success for fantasy football. Buffalo's a really tough matchup. I'm just not going to be starting Kirk Cousins in any league. Yeah, I like that. Um, my <coughs> running back star of the week is Deontay Foreman in Atlanta. Last time Foreman played Atlanta, he ran for 118 yards and three touchdowns. Um, very bad defense for the Falcons. And I think that no matter who the quarterback is, the run game will be important for the Panthers here. And I would expect Foreman to maybe not replicate what he did, which was amazing um, against Atlanta a couple weeks ago, but get somewhere close to that, maybe you're happy with 80 yards and a touchdown from a guy like Foreman. I hope he goes for 120 and three because I got him in my lineup against you. So <laughs> I, I hope you're I right <laughs> about your start of the week. Uh, that would make me happy. 
my sit of the week is Melvin Gordon. Um, he's a fringe starter. If you're decimated at running back, you've probably been hopefully counting on the 29 year old back. Uh, but this is going to be the first game with Chase Edmonds, and it's quite unclear how the labor will be divided. Regardless, Tennessee's allowing 88 rushing yards per game, the fifth fewest fantasy points for running backs. I leave Melvin Gordon on the sidelines this week. Yeah, I agree. You want to see how that shakes out with the Edmonds edition. Um, start of the week at wide receiver is Cortland Sutton. Um, at Tennessee, it's time for a bounce back for Sutton. I may or may not be speaking this into existence as I own him pretty much everywhere. Ooh. But um, I do think that it's a great matchup for Quentin Sutton. The Tennessee defense is bleeding points to receivers. We just saw Miko Harbin put up 19 and Juju put up 19 last week. Like this defense is not good in the secondary. Um, and I would expect Cortland Sutton to, to have his bounce back week after a few bad weeks in a row. I'm all in on that Denver pass attack really for the rest of the year. We'll get into that later, but especially this week, Tennessee secondary is God awful. Uh, Back to the NFC West. My sit of the week at wide receiver is none other than the bust Allen Robinson. Last week, he tallied his sixth performance outside the top 36 weekly wide receivers. So you've really only gotten two top 24 finishes from him thus far uh, two weeks where you're content with his production and even with Cooper cup banged up Robinson's still not asserting himself in this offense like his owners wish last time they fa- they faced against Arizona earlier this year uh, two of five targets reeled in for 23 yards an abysmal 4.3 points I'm not counting on that improving by much uh, this week for the veteran Ooh, yeah, sorry. Um, and uh, Van Jefferson's there now. That's something to worry about for Robinson. Um, I'm going to move on to my last start of the week at tight end. TJ Hogginson against Buffalo. I know the matchup is not good on paper, but nine for nine, nine for 70, catching all nine of his targets um, in his first week as a Viking. I think Hawkinson fits this offense like perfectly and he will be involved in the red zone going forward buffalo is going to have to worry about justin jefferson and adam thielen and this should open up things for hawkinson down the middle of the field um i would expect a safe floor and hope for touchdown upside here he's an interesting tight end going forward especially in like dynasty format just like where does he rank uh he was probably like a top three or four tight end in most dynasty formats uh, does he get a boost with Kirk Cousins? Does he stay the same? I'm not moving the needle much, but TJ Hawkinson's very interesting going forward. I'm staying in the same division, NFC North, uh, for my sit of the week at tight end. That's Robert Tanyan. Uh, he's home against the Dallas Cowboys, who are allowing the six fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Despite Romeo Dobbs exiting early last week, Tanyan delivered a dud week. I mean, he caught three or four targets for 29 yards. I'm not banking on that. Green Bay just looks dysfunctional as all get out. I'm sick and tired of all their pass catchers, really offensive pieces besides Aaron Jones and Alan Lazard. Uh, I'm out on Robert Tanyan this week. Yeah, I hate Robert Tanyan. I started him over Hawkinson this week and almost lost. So, yeah, fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> no, no remorse there. No, I that's my analytics too on Robert Tanyan's <laughs> room. QB streamer of the week. 
if you're in a pinch, there's four teams on a bye this week. Uh, just who are you rolling with that quarterback if your starter is out and you're going to the waivers? Yeah, so this is I, – I picked someone who's definitely a deeper league uh, streamer if guys are holding on to quarterbacks. Um, Jacoby Brissett usually is in the range somewhere between 230 and 280 yards. Um, he'll probably at least throw one touchdown. You're really hoping for two for this streamer to pay off. If he throws two touchdowns, you're happy. He did not lose you the week. If he throws one, man, like maybe there was a better option, but you're really hoping for two touchdowns here. And if he is one of the options, like I don't know who has the bad matchups this week, but if like Jared Goff, well, no, Jared Goff has a good matchup, I think. Um, but okay, so like if, if there's a guy that has a here, here, here does. Kurt, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, all terrible matches. Taking Brissett, yeah, over Kirk against Buffalo, Rodgers against Dallas, yeah, definitely Brissett. My my streamer of the week, and back with Jacoby Brissett, he's done his job. Uh, He's been doing a very good job for Cleveland. He's holding the backfield together as Deshaun Watson comes back. Miami's a pretty poor defense, uh, both through the air. And on the ground, I mean, we just saw we just witnessed Justin Fields make history against them. And Brissett, who knows? He has a little rushing upside to him. Um, yeah, he's a guy that you can start in a pinch. My guy for the week is none other than Russell Wilson. And yes, he is a streamer at this point. He is owned in 51% of leagues uh, in ESPN and 56% in sleeper. Uh, so I can officially put him on here. And it kind of just baffles me that I'm saying Russell Wilson's a great streaming option, mm-hmm. but his matchups juicy. We talked about Tennessee's poorest pass defense. They're allowing 296 passing yards per game. That's the second most uh, also the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. I think Russell Wilson's going to hammer out the rest of the year. Um, very favorable schedule going forward. And he's going to kick it off with a good week this week. Yeah, I've I've been in on Russell Wilson bouncing back. Um, I I like it. I like the streaming option if he's on waivers, definitely. So I'm also going to include my tight end streamer of the week. That's his tight end, Greg Dolchich. Is it Dolchich or Dolchich? Dolchich. Dolchich. Okay, well, the rookie from UCLA, he's finished as a top 12 tight end in all three games he's played in. Tennessee's allowing the six most points to tight ends. I really like him going forward. It seems like he gels well with the Denver offense, and I see him finishing as a top 12 tight end once again this week. Now, on defense, um, in case if you play defenses in your fantasy leagues, the Raiders versus the Colts, Saints at Steelers, uh, the Denver Broncos at the Tennessee Titans, and the Kansas City Chiefs home against the Jaguars are my four favorite streaming defenses this week. Um, I Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Saints at Steelers, you have that backwards. Do you, do you not see who's coming back this week? Is TJ Watt back? Yes. Yes, he no, is. No stinking way. Yeah, yep, he's back. I think that the Steelers, def- like, the Steelers defense infinitely improves. Like, they're last in the league in sacks right now where they've led the league in sacks for the past, like, three seasons. Like, with TJ Watt back, it is a completely different defense. We saw week one, one against the Bengals. We Joe Burrow threw four picks against us and had a fumble. Like both of them is- are both of them are great options. Then um, I I'm not I don't have much faith in Pittsburgh's mm-hmm. offense to do much damage to yeah. New Orleans and vice versa. 
uh, if TJ Watt is back in the fold. Uh, let's see. Pittsburgh is owned in 25% of ESPN leagues. So they are, um, they are a viable option. Holy shit. So get this. They scored 22 points in week one against Cincinnati. You recited that game perfectly. Five turnovers, seven sacks, and a touchdown. And they have, let me do the math. They have three points since then. <laughs> they have three points over the last seven weeks, um, including two negative performances in there. But they, oh, wow. they literally had uh, 19 more points in the first game of the year with TJ Watt than the rest of the year combined. Oh, he's Dude, he's a difference maker. <laughs> like, I if, if MVP weren't a quarterback award, TJ Watt would be the MVP last year. Like, he is that mm-hmm. important to the Steelers. Like, that, that, that says it right there. There we go. We're, we're streaming the Pittsburgh Steelers with TJ Watt back against New Orleans. Um, that is the defense to stream this week. I think so. Yeah, Andy Dalton hasn't looked great. I mean, he got sacked a million times on Monday night, so I think TJ can get to him a few times. I'm going to close this episode out. So I went through the easiest remaining schedules in fantasy football. I visited Fantasy Pros. They have a strength of schedule index. Um, they rate them by stars so five stars is like the easiest schedule going forward for the rest of the season one star being the the hardest and i took a deep dive at all the four and five star position groups um i assigned the points so if you were the worst defense against uh fantasy points to quarterbacks you got the quarterback got 32 points for the number one matchup in fantasy and that trickled down all the way to if you play the toughest defense you only get one point so um that's the formula we used and i looked at everybody's schedule that was a four and five star i want to list you the quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end that have the easiest schedule according to my mathematics uh at quarterback we have russell wilson he scored at a 203 that was the highest he gets tennessee this week uh vegas raiders Carolina Panthers, the Ravens, the Chiefs twice, Cardinals, Rams, and Chargers to finish the year. That's a very favorable schedule. He was the top-rated quarterback, um, the easiest schedule going forward. At running back, we have the Kansas City Chiefs running back, C.H. and Isaiah Pacheco, and Jarek McKinnon, if you will. They had the easiest schedule. Um, The second easiest, if you want to disregard them because of the committee, is DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Um, they have the second easiest schedule. Um, this is just to know for playoffs and for the rest of the season. If you're, don't be surprised when these guys finish the season really strong. Um, their schedule allows it. At wide receiver, we have none other than Christian Kirk. Uh, the Jaguars have the most favorable schedule to four wide receivers to finish off the year. Um, at tight end, we go back to the Denver Broncos. That's Greg Dulcich. So if you're looking for a permanent streamer, uh, someone to add on the waivers at tight end, Greg Dulcich is your guy. He has the easiest remaining schedule for tight ends. Yeah, I like that, um, the Dulcich one. I've, I've been high on Dulcich since we saw him in his first performance this season. Um, he looks like he has a connection with Russell Wilson. Um, the running back duo there scares me. <laughs> um, I think I'd rather have – is it – I don't know if it's like – a it's crazy to say that I'd rather have Jamal Williams over all of them. Wow. 
Yeah, that is crazy. I would rather have DeAndre Swift. I think, like, that's close. Like, Swift had two carries this week. Right, but he's such, like, a lethal playmaker that if he gets five receptions in a game, like... um, You stopped on the one, and it it was the difference between an eight-point week and a 14-point week. Right. Like, I just think he's too dangerous to prefer Jamal over him. And I feel like as he regains his health, he's going to be involved more. But that's not the craziest take I've heard. I mean, Jamal, 24 carries again. Like, the split, it's not a split. It is a starting role and a backup role right now. And and Swift has said that he can't get healthy. He won't. He said that he will not be healthy this season which is really concerning coming from the player's mouth. Usually they're the ones hyping themselves up. Very concerning. Um, But you can find the complete index of the easiest remaining schedules in fantasy football. I'll put them in the show notes, along with all the other articles that we referenced today. Um, Again, all of them are bundled up in our weekly newsletter. So it'd be really convenient if you just subscribe while you're on our website to it. That way you have everything organized in one email each week. Tuesday at 8 a.m. You get it and you have all the tools you need. You don't need to listen to us anymore. Um, You're pretty much, you pretty much got all the work. Uh, I just realized your projected point total went up a shit ton. Yeah. Kenneth Walker was like projected six points or something for some reason. I don't know. It's it's time to vote for ourselves in the game of the week. Uh, Game of the week. It's none other than Nick and I. We finally square off against each other. I'm going to vouch for my guys. I got Justin Fields, Tony Pollard, Deontay Foreman, CD Lamb, Al Lazard, Debo Samuel. Hopefully he plays. Uh, Right now I have MVS in my flex. um, And then my tight end is Evan Ingram. So, you know, some holes in my lineup but I do have some high upside players. Nick, you can list off your, your studly lineup. My God squad. All right. So we got Josh Allen, hoping he plays Aaron Jones, hoping he plays Leonard Fournette, Stefan Diggs, Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton, TJ Hawkinson, and Ken Walker. I got a really well-rounded lineup. Everybody can score. Um, I'm taking myself. I mean, I, like, come on. This is the match of the year for me. I don't care how much I'm projected to win by. I'm taking myself. and I'm going to smash you into the ground. I, too, have to take myself because my confidence is raging for some reason. I'm just looking at my lineup. It's a bunch of, oh, like, I didn't draft half of these guys. Uh, but, like, hey, I have confidence in my crew, and we're going to get it done because that's what we do. We're just grinders. Um, we're all going to make it. That's what we stand for. And also Josh Allen and Aaron Jones, I'm going to go on a limb and say one of them is not going to play this week, and that's going to cripple you. I would prefer it to be Aaron Jones, considering I also have Stephon Diggs, if one of them is going to sit. Although it looks like the opposite is going to happen. But I've, I've heard some interesting injury rumors on him. Uh, on Aaron Jones? Uh, no, Josh Allen. Uh, UCL injury. I've seen two to four weeks, you know, it's a grade two sprain or strain or whatever vernacular they use. I've also seen uh, potential Tommy John at some point. Um, so it's a very interesting injury for a, one of the best players in the league, uh, the best quarterback in fantasy football uh, outside of fantasy football. That's something the whole league has their eyes on. 
Yeah, I so I've seen anything. I've seen two two to four weeks is the most I've seen. The least I've seen is he'll play this week. Um, he's he threw a seven, he threw the longest pass air yards thrown in the NFL in six years. <laughs> the play after he got injured. Like, <laughs> how do you do that if you can't throw the ball? <clears throat> that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, well, that's encouraging, right? Like, come on. I guess so, um, but we'll see. And Buffalo is definitely going to be tedious with his his recovery. Mm-hmm. I agree. I just hope he plays. I do not want to lose to you. Neither do I. I hate you, so I don't want to lose to you. The feeling is mutual. All right, let's close this up. Do you have any last-minute remarks? Good luck on Sunday, as usual. That's what we say every week. I'm going to wish you all bad luck, actually. Um, Maybe that'll bring me higher success this week if I selfishly claim all the luck um, against Nick. Um, But, yep, we're going to get out of here. Good luck, everybody. Don't be afraid to reach out with your lineup questions. I'm on Facebook every morning. Literally, my job from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. is answering your lineup questions. Um, Nick, also the same on TikTok. So don't be afraid. Uh, Reach out, and we will catch you next week.